If you're the kind of dad who offers parenting advice with Bob Marley lyrics, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dad, and we are celebrating suburban dad life. He's Coach Randy, I'm Adam D, and Coach, some people say they're living the dream. We are living a reality that we set for ourselves at the end of last year. We said, yeah. let's do a podcast. He said, yeah, we've been procrastinating all this time about doing it. Now we're doing it. Now we're doing it. And when I think, it's week 17. I know, can you believe that? I look back on all the shows we've done. Every dad had a different story. I Every love it. dad had something different to share. And I'm like, wow, this is this is like a thing. We, not just a thing. Hey, like I said, it is a part of my week that uh, maybe, you know, as uh, I look at the clock Sunday morning, you know, we used to do bagels on Sunday mornings. Uh-huh. We now record on Sunday mornings. Yeah. The girls are complaining. Where are my bagels? I said they're going to have to deal with it. It is... Uh, Every day, every Sunday we've done this, it's been awesome. It's been it's been great fun, and uh, I, I cherish our time with my broadcasting brother here, but uh, learning about the different dads, their advice, and, and what they do is impeccable. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about our guest today, but first, we, we are have to, to talk uh, about our sponsor. We're going to thank Becky Berman. We're going to thank Becky Berman, as we always do, of Berman Branding at www.bermancs.com. If you don't know already, she's just awesome. All right, she's yeah. great. Graphic design, web design, consulting, graphic, you name it. She can help you reach your full potential as a company. Now, Randy, she designed our logo. She did. Right, the skull with the hat and the pipe. We get a lot of positive comments on that, We too. were going to have a contest yes. to name the the skull. Yes. I came up with a, a, a great What's name it? this week. Yeah. Tell me if you like it, and if you don't like it, we'll open it up okay. to a contest. Bone Daddy. <laughs> Bone Daddy. It's a skull that looks like a dad. <laughs> As a dad, I think the word bone makes complete sense. So I like bone I, daddy. I know that's sort of the, the space that you, you play in, <laughs> and I want to meet you where you are. Exactly. So I'm yeah. 100% for bone danny. Bone danny. Oh, bone danny. <laughs> we want a bone, bone danny. Bone danny could be a son. <laughs> we want bone, bone daddy, daddy yeah. here live in the den. Okay. Well, we're also on social media, at Bad to the Dad, which is our Instagram handle. Check out the pictures of our guests, the fun we're having in studio. Also been doing memes during the week that tease or reference mm-hmm. certain phrases or, or certain subject matter that our guests or we've been talking about during the week, getting a, a lot of uh, play on the whole NASA t-shirt thing yeah, that we talked about last week. People thought that was a, a, lot, of a lot of fun. We want whole comments. We, we, we could use some comments. So we want to yeah. re- get some comments on our website, whatnot. Yeah. We do have a website. It's uh, badtothedad.com. It's as, as simple as that. And mm-hmm. of course, you can see uh, our, our swag and our keychain, which opens bottles and holds keys. Holds and keys. For $3, uh, you can get yourself a keychain and a dollar will go to Randy's favorite body cancer. part, testicular cancer. And, and soon we're going to have a guest who has survived testicular cancer uh, in a few weeks. Uh, we're going to have a, a good good friend of mine on, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a few weeks' time. Today's guest is Roger Apollon. Roger, yes. And Roger is a teacher, mm-hmm. brewer, musician, mm-hmm. and he is the father of a transgender college-age student. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, daughter to son. Yep. Um, Looking forward to hearing his story. I'm sure it's going to be heavy, so I'm bracing myself. But have have you heard everybody you talk about who said, oh, you're having Roger on? You're going to love him. Everybody knows Roger. Except us. <laughs> so we're going to learn about How is it possible we don't today. know Roger? You do one posting on yeah. Instagram or Facebook, and everyone just comes uh, out. You'll love Roger. Saying, Roger's oh, great. Swim team this. Ban that. Yeah. He's... He's in a lot of different quarters, and uh, and that's exciting. I'm that's, looking that's forward very to exciting. it. So, Randy, I don't know how your week was, mm-hmm. but as you know, in the New York metro area, mm-hmm. the weather has not been great. A little bit rainy. A little bit rainy. Yeah, a little bit rainy. Little, oh I think it's like God, six to eight inches. It's like monsoon season. Yes. I'm back in India. I feel like it was in November, right? Yeah. No, it's been, it's been chilly and it's raining. This past Wednesday was probably the first nice day we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. So my wife Michelle, and you know she's the brilliant one in the in the household. Don't I know said, that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll confirm. She said, "Well, why don't we take dinner outside? Let's get some sandwiches. Let's go to the picnic area at a local park. Okay. And we'll spend some time outside. Sounds we'll bring like, the dogs. Sounds like a lovely evening together. Great idea, right? Yeah. We do that. Mm-hmm. We have dinner. We do the park thing. Kids want to go on the playground. Mm-hmm. I personally think my kids are a little old for a playground." Mm-hmm. But this particular playground... But really, are you ever too old for a playground? Probably not. I mean, you, not. you should see me on the sit-and-spin sit or whatever. The sit-and-spin. Yeah. 
which is sometimes what my wife tells me to do. Or the teeter totter. Yes. The teeter totter. Yeah. And you sit at the bottom, like, come on, let me down, let me down. Yeah, yeah. There's so many fun ways to get thrills and get hurt yes. in a playground. <laughs> this particular playground, and if you live in the uh, northern New Jersey area, yeah. you probably know about Verona Park. Verona, absolutely. It's beautiful. Verona Park redid its playground, and it has this soft, cushy surface. Uh -huh. But it, they also have like all these American Ninja Warrior type activities. Gotcha. So my son loves the climbing wall, which isn't a wall. It's like, I don't know, an octagon. Yeah. And you climb it, but it's, it's not straight up. you got to make the, all yeah. these turns. And then they have this other wall where you can use these ropes mm -hmm. to climb on these big rubber balls that kind of look like candy dots. Mm -hmm. And also on this wall, mm -hmm. there's this very steep slide. Okay? Okay, I'm following. I'm with you. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like two and three year olds that love a slide. Oh, what two and three doesn't love the slide? They go up um, on on the wall yeah. and 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 they're ready to, to do the, the the look of hope and joy <laughs> in their face. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. You have never seen a an expression go from complete joy to complete terror <laughs> so fast as you would if you saw a two or three year old I, with I their could, little diaper butt I can see this. I can sliding see this down the slide. Now it's a very steep slide. I can see this happening. The bottom of the slide is about a foot off the ground. <laughs> a two to three year old is not this is one of the long legs, right? You yeah. know, my son goes down and he's able to stop no. himself. My daughter goes down, she's able to stop himself. The kid gets up there and for about a nanosecond it's wee and then all of a sudden it goes oh, yeah. <laughs> And they take that tumble like a rag doll. <laughs> There's no dad, no one to catch. All right, so you're probably wondering, hey, Adam, you're a dad. What are you doing? And uh, I am doing absolutely nothing. Doing Why am I doing absolutely nothing? <laughs> Three reasons. All right, one. I know how this is going to end. <laughs> I know that that kid's going to take a tumble, either on their bottom or their head, and they're yeah, going to do that spin okay. around. I can't go running and touching another who are you you'd be considered a, i don't want to be the creepy guy at absolutely the it's bad enough. get your hand off my kid i gotta watch my own kids it's, as big right. as they are i gotta watch right. my own so kids. you know what's happening but you don't want to be considered uh, a felon that's one that's one number two is i think kids need to take tumbles <laughs> i know i know we're band-aiding and we're bubble packing our kids these days right. we're padding them no you got to take that tumble. Pain is a good educator. Pain and fear. Yep, Pain is a good educator. Pain and fear are wonderful educators. You gotta, the, the sooner you do it, the better off you'll be. And it's not like these kids aren't going to do it again. It's, They'll do it again, but they know what to expect, exactly. and they're still going to take that tumble. Exactly, that's two. Number three is, yeah. you're a parent, watch your freaking kids. <laughs> not my job. Yeah. Not my right? job. You know, pay attention. If your two and three-year-old is on a steep slide, and there's a, a one-foot difference between the edge of the slide and the, and the ground. I got you. Open your eyes. So it's okay. now time for the parent to learn their lesson. Why weren't you paying attention of your kid? So the kid's look of terror now becomes the parent's <laughs> look of terror. Oh my God, oh my little Susie, oh, yeah. are you okay? And then, and then you get some parents who are like, shake it off, shake it off. And then there's another like, it. yeah, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. And and then you have some that are carrying them away yes. to like a bench and rocking them. <laughs> oh, my little baby, you're okay. Yeah. So you're asking, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm doing nothing, uh -huh. but I'm laughing. But you're laughing. Yeah. And what I got to tell you? Are you laughing on the inside or laughing on the outside? A little bit of both. <laughs> I, mean, I might be laughing on the outside. It's like I'm laughing and then I'm putting my hand over my mouth and turning away so people don't see me laughing. Because not only am I not a child molester, yes. I'm also not a complete jerk. So. <laughs> you're up there as a jerky part, but not a complete jerk. Yeah, but maybe I am. <laughs> but maybe you're, you're bad at the dad. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, by doing nothing... You're actually providing opportunity. I've done something. You've done something. I've done a whole heck of a lot. You have done. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. That's a very funny story. Yeah. So we have a, a guest today, again, we Roger, do. who's done a whole heck of a lot, and mm -hmm. we're going to hear his story. Oh, I also forget. Yeah. Um, this past weekend, I'll be real quickly. My son graduated college. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. He yeah. uh, graduated. It was great to see him. We had a wonderful time. Uh, he's now living in his own apartment. Mm -hmm. He starts a job uh, this coming Friday, and uh, he's on his own. So congratulations, Alex, on your graduation. Is he going to go down the slide? Uh, I'd imagine he probably would go down the slide, and he'd probably fall on his butt. I think it'd be the coolest thing in the world. Warn him about that drop. It is a doozy. We are bad to the dead.
We are Bad to the Dad, and we are celebrating suburban dad life here in the Den. The Den. It is the basement studio. No, it's the Coach, Den. It's the, the den. den. Okay, Coach Randy's house. We have christened it the Den. So because we don't want to hear Randy uh, chanting anymore, we're just going to move on with the show. And, you know, we always say we have a great guest. We, we do. Actually, we always have a great guest. It's the best guest yet. But we've got a, a loaded guest, not because he's loaded uh, in dollars, or maybe he is. He, he will be. He's yeah, in there. Hopefully. And he's not loaded with beer yet. Yes. But that's the I'm teasing. <laughs> that is yeah, our goal. That's later. <laughs> but uh, we've, we've got a guest that covers a lot of ground, and that is Roger Apollon. And Roger Apollon. Amazing yeah. to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Thanks for being it's, here. It's fun to have you here. I've had and... fun already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We should have recorded all the pre-show right? stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, but Roger's involved in a lot of stuff. He is a starting a brewery here in New Jersey. Right. He is in a band. He's a singer in a band, so we want to get into that. So, <laughs> so two of our favorite subjects, music and beer. Yes. And not necessarily in that order. It just depends on the day. And then, of course, the and then of course, dads. And, and dads. dads. Yeah. 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 So we're really getting the, uh, the three-for-one here today and yeah, this yeah. other advocacy that you're doing, which is very important that we want to get into. Right. Let's start with the music. Music, you're, okay. You're uh, a singer. It's a ska band? Ska band. So my current band is... Is Rude Boy George. Rude Boy! Rude okay, Boy. So every time I hear Rude Boy, I gotta go back. We gotta go, go back, yeah, I understand. So it was supposed to be a joke band. Um, mm-hmm. It was a mixture of local uh, ska bands. My band, Bigger Thomas, was around for 30 years and across the aisle, and a few of us were at loose ends. And then our friend Steve Schaefer, who does a great, um, has a great website, Duff Guide for Ska, and uh, to Ska. And uh, we were having dinner, went to go see Morrissey one night in Brooklyn. And he was oh, like, you cool. know, we should yeah. just... Uh, just like, if he could do it, we could do it. Yeah, yeah. we're like, yeah. we should if do... Girlfriend in a coma. <laughs> that can be a hit. Why can't we... <laughs> and my best friend, Mark, Mark Wasserman, who... Yeah. Um, bass player in Bigger Thomas, Walt's bass player in Rude Boy George. He's mm-hmm. writing a book on uh, American Sky history. And we've known, he's, we've known each other for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And we were having dinner... And we were like, we should do an 80s new wave band with some friends of ours. Hmm. Uh, and then we're like, what do we call it? So I, my first idea was Flock of Scooters, <laughs> <laughs> which was good. But then they're like, ah. then I was like, ah, but how about Rude Boy George? They were like, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So we had rehearsal. We called yeah. these band- friends up, had rehearsal. Yeah. We played at this little rinky dink spot in, in, Bro- in New York City in Midtown, a place called Castaways. It was like an Irish bar. 50 people showed up. Scott Band and Irish Bar. Irish Bar, right? Yeah. In the back room. Only in America. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody likes that kind of music. Yeah. 50 ska, people regular. showed up. Yeah. Why Ska? You know... Good question. That's, that's Thanks, a really good Randy. question. So, uh, growing up, my parents, being from Haiti, we listened to a lot of different music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Haitian music, but also a lot of uh, uh, Spanish music, Dominican music, mm. Puerto Rican, you know, salsa, merengue. My mom's a huge classical music, QXR supporter. So, they had just had a big drive. Yeah. Did she give her $120 to get the two box set? I, I, Lock I, I a minuet? <laughs> See, right? Jeff Spurgeon. I got to meet that guy. Yeah. <laughs> interesting I got to meet that guy. Yeah. Um, but huge QXR. And then there's another connection. Uh, Eileen Delahunty, who lives in town, um, she works for WQXR. Is that right? And so oh, wow. our kids are, uh, we're neighbors. Our kids go to school together. So we started going to events. So anyway, classical um and uh, rock. My dad was into Temptations as well, Soul. Uh-huh. So as I grew up, you know, Haitian kid living in the suburbs. So obviously, my first band was Kiss. Mm. The, obviously, which was your favorite character? Yeah. Uh, I was a Peter Chris guy. All right. Oh, right? okay. Um, did you dress up like that on Halloween? I did. I did. <laughs> I Me and a couple of my friends, uh, another Haitian family lived in West Orange, the Barats. That we had a little show in the basement. The, there was just three brothers and me. <laughs> uh, my friend Andre was the bass player. <laughs> Patrick was... Haitian uh, kiss! Haitian kiss! <laughs> it's true. Patrick Barat was uh, was Ace Freely. Edwin was and uh, he had Paul Stanley. He had the whole gear on, right? Makeup. We put, we put, uh, we put uh, uh, baby powder on our face <laughs> and drew it on. I was Peter Chris and I sat on the back of a, uh, the, the couch. And I had uh, boxes. That was my drum kit. And they were standing in front. And we that played... Alive, you know, we played along to a live one, right? Uh, How do you say Fraley's <laughs> Comet in Creole? <laughs> and we did the concert. Do you have a picture? I think there's a picture somewhere. Although a few people website. don't see it. So, uh, so my first band was Kiss, but I also, you know, grew up, you know, had WBLS. Um, oh, yeah. 92 KT, yeah. so I was listening to hip hop, disco. Yeah, because you grew up, I mean, the, the, the beginning of hip hop, beginning with, you know, Rapper's Delight and right. Sugar Hill Gang and all the and way then, through. For, for me, I listened to reggae, but it was college. When going to yeah. Rutgers, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. that's when I discovered 
I mean, I always heard Bob Marley, but that's when I bought the Bob Marley albums. No, well. So that was step one. And then one day I go to Cheap Thrills in New Brunswick, an amazing record store, mm-hmm. independent record store. I had everything. Um, and um, I'm going through and I'm starting to see like older Jamaican ska records, you know, but I didn't know what they were, so mm-hmm. I kind of skipped over them. I go to Corvettes. Uh, or two guys. Oh my god, EJ Corvettes. Yeah, which two, one? Two guys from on Route Ten. Yeah, Route Ten was that. Two guys. Two guys. I went to two guys. Wow. Right. Remember two guys? Yeah. Well, and then it became Bradleys and like Pathmark and oh my yeah. god. I kind of I kind of two guys told from a, Harrison. Yeah, I kind of told a story out of order. College, I discovered the rigging, but while I was in high school, I go through the five dollar bin at Corvettes mm-hmm. and I see this black and white album. It's yeah. the Special's first album. I see black and white guys in the same band, mm-hmm. which in the eighties was kind of rare. Yeah. yeah. They're all wearing suits. It's all black and white. I'm just kind of like, this album looks interesting. It's five bucks. So I buy it. And that was... I fell in love with the Special's first album. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was ska. I thought it was like sped up reggae, you uh-huh. know? So for those listeners out there who are millennials, yeah. an album is something we used to call... <laughs> yeah, vinyl. vinyl. A record. Vinyl. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, for those millennials, we have to describe ska. Forget about a record. We have to describe well, ska. Well, we're going with the, the album piece. Yeah. Right. But I think the, we should probably do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, discern so, between reggae and yeah, ska. Yeah, yeah, so ska was actually the precursor to reggae. Mm-hmm. So it was Mento first in Jamaica that transitioned to Blue Beat and ska. Mm-hmm. And then that... Then reggae, because Bob Marley and Bob Bob Marley and the Whalers, like a lot of the early stuff, was ska. You know that was. But the, he's he's the one who's known for bringing that music to the, yeah, the masses. He, yeah, and he's the one for you know taking the genre, basically creating the genre. Also with the whole you know mm-hmm. the Rastafarianism, just yeah. making mm-hmm. it more than just music. It was really, in my opinion, uh, and he toured the, the world with the yeah, 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 yeah. He, I mean, he 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 brought it to the he people it quite the, literally. Right, it wasn't yeah. just he was playing in Jamaica yeah. and other people heard it. He would tour. In fact, yeah. he he died in France, yeah. right? If I'm not mistaken. Who's that? Bob Marley. Barbara, no, he died in uh, Miami. On Miami. Miami, but he was diagnosed with the melanoma yeah. in yeah. France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so um, so the Scott the Scott that we do a Scott revival. So mm-hmm. um, the specials, the English beat, all that stuff. So that happened in the eighties. Their parents, so the Jamaican migration from Jamaica mm-hmm. to England, mm-hmm. there was an influx of Jamaicans that came over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, they weren't re- very well received mm-hmm. at first, mm-hmm. but they brought their music. And now, so those, the, the kids of those parents, they're the ones who listen to their records and create mm-hmm. what the ska that we go we do call Scott Revival or Two Tone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what really got it for me because it wasn't just about the music. Mm-hmm. The two-tone label was about mm-hmm. black and white bands, huh, yeah. black and white musicians working together. That's what got me. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to be a representative. I wanted to be the U.S. representative uh-huh. of UK two-tone. That's how I got into ska. Because it wasn't just about the music. It mirrored what was going on. Well, because you grew up here in West Orange. Sarge, right. Yeah. I understood all the issues. And I didn't think... I thought what was happening to me was singular, which, mm-hmm. you know, as a teenager... We all think that's the case. Right. You yeah. work with, I mean, you work with middle school kids, yeah. so you know... It's all yeah. youth-centered. Nobody else yeah. knows what I'm going through. But hearing those records, hearing Concrete Jungle, hearing um, Doesn't Make It All Right, um, which had lyrics like, just because you're a black boy, just because you're a white, doesn't mean you have to hate him, doesn't mean you have to fight, it doesn't make it all right. Hmm. I'm like... And it's a reggae song. I'm like... Right. This is, this is... I think my, we have our next meme. <laughs> absolutely. On, on uh, Instagram. Yeah, we do memes. We just right? <laughs> I mean, I, I study that album. Yeah. So yeah. that's... So for me, when... It was life. Yeah. Uh-huh. So for me, when Mark, my, my best friend at Rutgers, puts up flyers on the L bus in yes. Livingston College mm-hmm. saying advertising a ska band, yeah. I just was like, I have to do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know? Where are you performing next? Do you have a... Uh, we're performing at the Gramercy Theater um, in July. Kind of a big deal. Let's talk about something completely uh, related to that, and that's beer. Fifteen years ago, I got into craft beer. I went mm. to Total Wine here in West Orange. You know, I went from drinking um, Heineken to drinking Who Garden to drinking uh. Blue Moon to drinking Yingling, and then I went one day to Total Wine. And I met the guys like. What else you got? He was like, have you ever had an Oktoberfest beer? I'm like, no. And that's what started my, I had a Paul Lanner Oktoberfest, and that's what kind of started my, I see this guy, I'm like, what do you got this week? Mm-hmm. So I got to a point, I went to a beer tasting at a Montevino in Montclair yeah. for the first time. Yeah. I never went to a beer tasting. I sit there, I'm sitting across two two guys who are home brewers, this guy named uh, Tom Amarulakis, who is now the owner of Cowan's uh, oh, yeah. Public uh-huh. and Barrow House. Mm-hmm. And um, Garrett Brown, who's a yeah. uh, sales rep for 
um, Firestone Walker uh, Brewery out in California. He's their New Jersey sales rep. So now, so they're homebrew and we're talking. And next thing you know, they're like, we have homebrew. I'm like, you know what? I'll invite a group of my friends over to my house. Mm -hmm. We'll bring your homebrew we'll, and we'll, we'll we'll taste it and see. Because I got a group of guys who like beer. But I also had a group of guys like me. We didn't really know a whole lot about beer. But these two guys knew a lot about beer. Yeah. So we formed our first, we called it the Brew Council, right? So we... <laughs> <laughs> So that when you grew up, when you go back, I'm gonna form a brew council. Brew council. Oh, no, you gotta go to school. You gotta I couldn't get on student council. So I invited like council. my nine closest friends who were into craft beer. My cousin yeah. Roger Solomon, yeah. who's over in uh, uh, Maplewood, yeah. um, at another neighbor, a couple of the other neighbors, my brother-in-law Dion, mm -hmm. like nine of us. And you know, we printed out notes. We mm. listed the beers we're gonna taste, <laughs> and it started off all like scholar. We all had pens. We we're taking notes. <laughs> By the third beer, it's like, like, yo, <laughs> got it. We nailed it. At that time, I was collecting. Uh, so I, I went through a period of time of collecting and cellaring beer. You can age beer. Um, I in my basement it was fifty to fifty two degrees year round. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a part of it that was uh, uninsulated. Yeah, we solved that because anyway, that's one of the story. But so I would store and age barrel aged rum, uh, barrel aged rum barrel aged beers, stouts. I'd put them down there yeah, in the dark. So that later on that night, I was like, you know what? I got some beer in the cellar. I've been dying to say. So I started. Rating this, this so anyway that first brew council lasted like two in the morning, <laughs> but then once you have a video of it no right no we had a couple of pictures but then we just started like once a month like let's meet mm -hmm. and now people are now now my friends we're trying to impress each other so now we're going out we're going to the far reaches of New York New Jersey my friend Anthony my business partner Anthony he goes to Vermont he goes to Hillstead uh, Hill Farmstead in Vermont he uh -huh. goes to the Alchemist gets Hetty Topper gets these rare beers. <laughs> By month six, now it's like people are bringing like the hottest. Pretty good shape for drinking all this. No, once a month, and now we're doing themes. I'm like everybody go out and bring an IPA, bring a stout. Yeah. I, so you really never grown out of your adolescent space. You, you, <laughs> no. You've never really grown. No. This is this is a this is a high school competition. <laughs> exactly. About who can bring the farthest best. So yeah. it goes from so it goes from ten guys to twenty guys. Now it's thirty guys coming to my house. My wife's like, and she's great. She's like, look. <laughs> now we're partnering up with restaurants. We do a beer pairing at Suzy Q's. Uh, oh, very nice. So we're made right? Yeah. 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 We like, give us give us four of your best dishes mm -hmm. and we'll bring four beers to pair up with. Mm -hmm. So we do, we do a beer pairing dinner. And then we did a private beer tasting. We auctioned off a private beer tasting at, at a friend of mine's house in uh, Short Hills. We mm -hmm. brought, they had a chef. We pa paired up some food. We paired up some beer. We talked about the beer. Yeah. Then... Uh, Anthony and I do a pizza and beer pair. He does. He makes little uh, homemade pizzas in orange. That's how the orange connection happened. Okay, okay. And Ironworks about five years ago. I couldn't believe it. It came up on Facebook five years ago. Oh, yeah. We do this pizza and beer pairing, mm -hmm. invite people. We had a DJ outside, and it was crazy. Uh, the, the final pizza, were you ready? Are you ready for this? I'm sitting, yes. It was uh, a, a pie with Nutella and marshmallow baked. And we paired that with a with a stout. Stout. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> You're going up top. It's gonna be something dark, right? Yeah. It was Founders Breakfast Stout. When when yo <laughs> right yo when that happened, people were like, "Yo, you guys got to do something." You got some, <laughs> you got gay. You, got, you guys got to do something. You got some kind of skill. That you so we're like me and Anthony. We're like we're gonna start. We're gonna start a brew pub. <laughs> so we're gonna serve food. Man, getting a liquor license out in Jersey. Not so easy. Whew. You have to know people who know people. This is why Montclair is so successful, the town of Montclair, because <laughs> yeah. it's all BYO. Yeah. And then we were like, we found out you can open a brewery and mm -hmm. it's only like, you know, $1,200 per year. So we were like... Maybe we're in the wrong business. Right? Because yeah. I like beer. You like beer? But here's the... Th I've been known to like <laughs> a beer. <Right? laughs> From so, time to time. So a lot a lot cheaper, um, but still, but the but the legality and, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. to get through it, that's where the money is and I'll get to that in So second. the name of your brewery is? Four City Brewing. Four City Brewing. What does that name the come from? The Four Cities, shooting the four. Oh. Uh, the oranges. Okay. All the oranges. Oh, the oranges. Because this is, this brewery has to be about community. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's about great beer. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And for us, we want to take the best of all we've seen in Michigan, Texas, my, my wife is English, so mm -hmm. we go to England every year to uh -huh. visit the in-laws. But I also now, mm -hmm. I visit um, breweries in England. I visit breweries in Belgium. Hmm. We want to take all that mm -hmm. and bring that culture and that taste to the oranges. Wow. And you have a space now. I saw on your Facebook page, you're, you're building, yes. you're putting counters in. 55 South Essex. It's literally steps away from the orange train station. It's open? It's not open yet. Not open yet. We're all still right. building out. Uh -huh. We're hoping to be open this summer. 
Um, we're, we're just waiting for our power to get connected. Okay. Um, and we're going to get our state license, our, the, our permission to brew. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we get that, we can start You'll let us know, of course, so we can uh, promote it. Of course. So now we have the circle. Now let's talk about the most important thing. Let's talk about daddy. Being a dad, and, and Roger, you have a very um, unique story to tell about being, being a, a dad. parent. You know, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. With, so I've got two kids. Time. I've got Jax, who is 19, as a, as a freshman at uh, New York Institute of Technology. Just finished. Right. And he did great, like Dean's List, whatever. And I've got, I got a younger son, Anthony, mm-hmm. uh, who's 13, who's in eighth grade at Roosevelt and is going to the high school. And I'm proud of him. But Jax was born Amelia. So I, my oldest son is transgender. So, um, well, I'll start at the beginning. So. Ever since Jax was uh, um, uh, a child, like a baby, and could start to express himself on his own, you know, we'd always put him in dresses and whatever, but as soon as he can start choosing his own clothes, it was always jeans, baseball cap, and we're like, you know, tomboy, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the, that was a term we would use growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Tomboy, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's what we use anymore, but that was the... yeah. The nature. Every year for Halloween, it was a ninja, a soldier, yeah. astronaut. Robin Hood. Very uh, masculine. Very masculine. masculine never, teams. never, whatever. Mm-hmm. Never feminine. Uh, one year, he was a cowboy, and my wife bought a whole bunch of uh, fake mustaches that came mm-hmm. in a pack. And for every day for like a month, when Jax got home from school, he put the mustache on mm-hmm. and wear it around the house. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was kind of like, it, you know, it kind of bothered me. But I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're kids. They don't know what it means. So... Right around middle school, you know, I'm a PE teacher. Mm-hmm. I teach health too, so mm-hmm. I teach sex ed. Sex ed. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem. So like, I couldn't wait to have the talk the with both talk. my kids. <laughs> and of course, I got two kids who the last person they want to do the talk oh, with. Yeah, not the last person, but they're no, like, they don't want to talk to their parents. They they just. Uh, and I go right in, like, so what's going on? You know, vaginas, penises, anuses. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Dad, oh, come on. You know, STDs, come on. Let's really talk about it. And they're like, Dad, please, no, do we have to? I can to? handle the drug and drinking dog. Please, not that yeah, part. Yeah, not that part. part. But the other stuff, and Jax and I were always open, like, oh, things are great. And right around, so he gets part of marching band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then junior year, this was, I guess was about three years ago, the uh, J- um, James Kelly... Um, the uh, astronaut. No, <laughs> yeah, that's Mark. That's a, oh, that's Mark, Mark Kelly. Kelly. Uh, What's his brother's Mark name? Kelly. Scott. Um, Scott. The, yeah. the, the, uh, the director of music, Marching oh, Band director, yeah. Mr. Kelly. Yeah, is it James's first name? I think so. we'll go by Mr. Kelly. Mr. Kelly. You Mr. Kelly came to us. It's like, oh, we had a uh, surprise this summer um, at Camp Band Camp. We we have Jax, and I'm looking at him like, what's going on? And he and I look at my wife, and she's got more of a knowing look uh-huh. than I do. I'm like, what's going on? And my wife's like, well, you know, Jack's confessed to me that, you know, he's, you know, he's not female, he's male, and his name is Jax. I'm just like, um, okay. So Mr. Kelly saw the look in our face. We had a talk, and I'm like, what's going on? It's like, Dad, you know, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not female, I'm male, my name's Jax. And I was just like, I gotta be honest, I was just like, you know what, this is not happening. I'm like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, behind all this it's mm-hmm. you know it's the media all the you're getting all these oh. influences and what's going on and this is a trend and this transgender thing like i'm not i'm not going to call you Jax. i'm not going to call i'm going to call you by your, your old name. name by your birth name uh you know i know you're this but i'm i'm not going to do that and he was like okay uh and sally was like you know you should be even more i'm like no this is this i know there's what things I, have. I can handle there's things i can do but this is something that I know what I have. Yeah, yeah. I have a girl and a boy. I yeah. don't have two boys. I'm just yeah. so yeah. this went on for about four to six months, and without getting to too much detail, it became revealed at that around that time that you know my son was starting to harm himself. That was yeah. part of. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the sole thing, yes. but yeah. I was a very large part. My not accepting hmm. it. So, so we started going to therapy, and I was like, and I, at, at the time, I was like, therapy is kind of like I'm Haitian. I'm West Indian. The therapy stuff. And you're also male. <laughs> the thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, whatever. Yeah. Feelings. Come on. Yeah. Really? We're going to do this now? Like you come from like a suck it up culture. Just yeah. suck it up. Move well, on. Listen, if you're the oldest of the right. oldest of yeah, the immigrant yeah, family, the like, expectation is you're going to be an American. On. This is your life. How it's going to be. Cut me some slack. Yeah. Just really. That was your That was your. That was my, that that was was my own perception. Yeah. So long, long story short, you know, I'm not. A Neanderthal, so my wife's like, let's just do some research, mm-hmm. like adults. Let's 
find out more if this our son says he's transgender let's actually do mm -hmm. the homework and mm -hmm. go to the source so we started looking we saw that there was a gender east conference that mm -hmm. was happening in newark two months from when we started from we hearing all this stuff well, so that's not by accident you know that right that's not by accident. So I'm like, I don't really want to go to this thing. I got to, mm -hmm. I got to tell you guys, I do not want to go because I'm, I feel like it's going to be like this big recruiting. You're going to try to force your agenda. Transgender love fest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't want to get sold. I want this hard soul anyway. Reluctantly, I go with Sally. There's a professional day on Friday and then a family day on Sunday. So we go to the professional day. We were on. So I'm a teacher. My wife's a nurse. It was a lot of money. It was a couple. Of, it was like a couple of grand to go. I'm like, we don't have that. Can we? And they were like, oh yeah, we'll comp you. We were like, what? That was step one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we go, and like expected, it was like, you know, it was like going to another country. Everyone's one large support. Like, one large support group talking. Hi, my name is Randy. Now welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Super overwhelming. Yeah. Which whatever. That's like anything. If I went to Comic Con, it'd probably be the same thing. Yeah. Um. And my first session we go to was uh, a um, uh, this woman did this research on um, uh, children cisgender, which are uh, cisgender, which means your how you see yourself in your head matches the outside of your okay. body, and transgender. Okay. Did this study basically without getting to too much detail, they would show both groups, transgender and cisgender kids, toys and say which toys mm -hmm. are girl toys, which toys are boy toys. Yeah. Both groups identified girls and boy toys correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And then they were like, okay, which toy do you think if you were a girl and do whatever? Um, you know, because I'm thinking to myself, it's something we did. Yeah, you, we were like any As parent. a dad. Mm -hmm. you, you what did I not do? Sense. I should have said, don't wear the tomboy stuff. Wear, like, I don't so know. you start going back in your mind. All those times you said, it's okay if you wear this, the mustache. Right. I could have cut it then right. uh, if, uh -huh. I, if I had. Right. And I messed all, it's all my fault. Right. The studies yeah. showed that the that that was that's a myth mm -hmm. because both transgender and cisgender kids can identify boy and girl toys mm -hmm. and they were asking like if a, a, a girly doll who should play with that both were understanding of what the norms were in terms of the gender norms of gender norms yeah. so yeah. it wasn't the toys or the stuff i was doing and they were also showing them like this people dress that was number one second session i went to was super helpful it was like an uh it was a panel just mm -hmm. about transgender teens or whatever, mm -hmm. talking about what they're going through. Super enlightening mm -hmm. because I, they're like, any questions? And I raise my hand and I say, you know, you know, my son is calling himself Jax now. Mm -hmm. Is the name stuff, calling him by the name, is that such a big deal? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like the kids on the, the panel name, started yeah. crying. That's their identity. That's right? their identity. That's your name. That's who you are. Did not know. And that completely, like, I did, that took me by surprise. Yeah. I didn't know it was such a freak such a big deal mm -hmm. because that's, was, that's what they are they, this is now this is I am they're, they're, this is who I am this is what my name is called and if you don't accept it then that you don't mean you don't accept yeah, it yeah I went I, afterwards I went to the, the two teens and I was like I'm really sorry I didn't I was like no it's okay I mean but like now you understand but now it makes sense and I was like wow and the third one mm -hmm. this is the one that broke me in half it was an all dads seminar uh, all, room of all dads yeah. okay and, dads, and all these dads they're like heterosexual dads so or, so there are dads from from the outside looking in, yep. everybody looked heterosexual. Yeah, you wouldn't know the difference, right? Um, there was dads that had kids who were identified as transgender as as young as five years old, mm -hmm. and the kids are now ten. So there were dad like veteran like with this issue dads, <laughs> and then there were like dads like deer in the headlight dads, right? So I sit down, and there's this guy who literally looks like you know Tom Brady, mm -hmm. like Mister Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sits down next to me. He's got the glazed look too. We're like, yo. He's this guy, wealthy doctor, wealthy suburb, son is transgender, doesn't know how to deal with it because he was dropping his son off to school every day. And now he's dropping off this girl mm -hmm. and he's getting, like, he, he, yeah, of course. he's having it's a how, hard time. It's how other people perceive the looking glass self, all that stuff that goes on. He starts thinking conscientious, what did I do wrong? It makes complete sense. And we're talking, we're like, yo, what do, what do you think of all this? He's like, I don't know, man. He's like, it's just so many emotions, like. I know I'm getting good info, but I also my emotions anyway. So we're going through the seminar, and the dads are talking, and it's it starts to take you know it starts to take a turn where they talk about um, uh, hormone blockers and all that stuff and medicine, and it, it starts to take a turn like the dads are kind of like I don't think that should really be involved because mm -hmm. the kids are young, mm -hmm. and this woman stood up, this Asian woman stood up and just started telling her story. She's like. 
I had a son, transgender, we didn't accept. Um, long story short, because we didn't accept at all, the son committed That's suicide. Bad, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'll never, and this is what broke me. She's, and then after all that, she's like, you guys got to decide. Do you want, you could have a living son or a dead daughter. You have to, you mm. have to decide that. Mm. And she sat, oh. right? Oh. Oh. And she sat down. And was that, it was and she that sat down. Yeah. And, and yeah. you could hear a pin and drop. Like, wow. You could hear a pin drop. Yeah. And I, I, got, just, I got goosebumps. Right? Yeah. No, you, and you can't fake that stuff. I mean, I, I it, it makes complete, all the work, I do a lot of work with teams too. It's that you tell parents. Once it's, I heard yeah, that, yeah. I was like, okay. okay. So I was like, okay, Jax, mm-hmm. how does this work? Yeah, help me. Be my be my teacher. Help me. I'm mm-hmm. the student now. Explain. So, yeah. you know, the name stuff. Yeah. Great. Where does it come from? Uh, our last name is uh, Apollon. It's Greek. Okay. Although we're Haitian. Um, Apollo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Ajax, A-J-A-X, mm-hmm. um, is... Uh, um, a Greek god of a warrior god. Yeah. Uh, there's a team. It's also in, a Dutch soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. So he took the A off, and since he has a Greek uh, last name, okay. he wanted a Greek first name, yeah. and he wanted to. So yeah, there was a lot of thought put into that. Wow. You probably didn't realize right. that, right? And when he told you, you probably broke down and went, ah. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was step one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, uh, and then I'd have to go out and start. So I was at a point where I'm not going to say anything. It's like, don't ask, don't tell. Like I'd see people. And they'd ask me, you know, do you have any kids? And I'd say, yes, what do you have? And I'd say, I have two boys and keep it at that. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of it. Or if I'd be out with Jax, I'd be like, this is Jax. And there'd be kind of weird looks mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say anything unless they said something. As well, this is my son, Jax. Right. Yeah. And huh. then, so, and I realized I was not being authentic. I wasn't advocating because I'm still like not upfront with it. You're still adjusting to it. So I started being more upfront, like I have a transgender son and it sparked all this conversation. Um, And from that point, completely by accident, Sally used to work at St. Barnabas. She's been, she was at Barnabas for 13 years in radiation oncology. They had a big LBGTQ conference Mm -hmm. last year and they were like, uh, you know, do you want to share, do you and your husband want to share about Mm -hmm. your experience? So we were like, sure. So Mm -hmm. we put together a PowerPoint. We just put slides, (laughs) just pictures. Yes. Um, and we went through each slide and just talked about the transition. And from that, we had uh, people, we got a, a speaking engagement. And, um, so now, well, I imagine it was probably cathartic in nature because, it, now, it, oh, because now you're in front of people saying, oh my gosh, my story, right? it was when I shared the story, uh-huh. so many people were like, thank you for just being, because yeah. nobody likes to talk about the fact that this is not... When you have an infant, nobody yeah. wants yeah. this. Yeah. No, you, you have no idea. First of all, it's a child. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do with and this? That, and that's how we start this. We start the <laughs> presentation. Yes. With, it's a picture of Sally with a, an infant what, Jax. What do you know? Like, you don't know. 20 years down the road, you have no idea. Yeah, because I always started, like, when you look at your little baby, right? When all the dads, like, you look at your baby, the first, you're saying to yourself, man, I hope one day you're transgender. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Nobody says that. Hope one day you're a doctor. (laughs) Your parents say you want to be a doctor. You're like, (laughs) nobody says that. So I say that to say that every parent that deals with this, you have to advocate. It's not a choice. Still your child. It's not like you can't not support because if you don't, the the statistics are there. You increase, you literally triple, quadruple yeah. your chances of your child not living on yeah. this earth. Yeah. So, Roger, you say you, you do a lot of advocacy and you were telling us about the St. Barnabas mm-hmm. seminar you right. did. What what other advocacy do you do? You know, where do you go speak? Where do so, you go we teach? spoke, uh, we went to uh, the Milburn, uh, not Milburn, the, the uh, Montclair School District invited us for uh, a family night because they were, they had, um, they had a, a child that identified as transgender in the school that created a bit of, you know, mm-hmm. hubbub. Mostly positive, but they had to come up with a formal. They had to do uh, the board of ed had to do a formal like uh, policy change mm-hmm. or announce what the policy yeah. was to people mm-hmm. who didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted us there to kind of. We were supposed to speak. We didn't get a chance to, but during the Q and A, we were able to really talk mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a seminar um, at Barnabas, um, the same one, but this one happened at their location in South Jersey. Um, and Sal and I spoke mm-hmm. to nurses um, just about, uh, you know, because people are coming in now to mm-hmm. hospitals and, you know, you know, they have to identify mm-hmm. as yes. a gender. Um, and what breaks down a lot of walls is being on the front foot, something I got to get better at. So you saying, you know, hi, my name is Roger. My pronouns are he, his, and yeah. Yeah. he, uh-huh. him, and his. Yeah. Getting used to that. When you say that, 
even if the, you know the person identifies yeah. or you feel the person identifies, you don't know. And sometimes that breaks that wall mm-hmm. of like, oh, my name is George and I identify as they. Yeah. Okay, great. Or my, or my name is Susan and I identify as he, him. Like, yeah. okay, cool. That makes, because in healthcare, well, of course, there's still that. Well, because there is. Yeah, and and, and if you look at the census, we make it very clear, boy, girl. And, you know, you're born with your sex, right? But your gender is something that comes along later. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, you don't, you know, you don't realize, like, going to the bathroom in public places mm-hmm. is a big deal. Yeah. You know, a lot of transgender people have issues mm-hmm. with their, you know, um, ur- you know, urinary issues. Yeah, the anatomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, bowel issues. Yeah. Um, you know, medical health you know, care, you know, yeah. you're you afraid to go to the yeah. emergency room because mm-hmm. if something happens to you and you were de- and you look like male on the outside, you know, and they and take off your pants yeah. and yeah. that's an issue. I'm, I'm happy and, to say the organization I work with, mm-hmm. that, uh, oh, the Visiting Nurse the, Association, visiting nurse, we have mm-hmm. um, community health centers and mm-hmm. we have a whole separate unit mm-hmm. for LGBTQ yeah. healthcare uh, mm-hmm. practitioner. Yeah, because oh. there's nothing worse than getting dealt with by a healthcare provider and mm-hmm. feeling that they don't accept who yeah. you are. You yeah. don't feel like you're getting quality care right. or there's this thing. So, How is Jax doing now? Tell us a little Jax bit about Jax is what, doing great. Yeah. I mean, for me, once the accepting and the advocacy for me, uh, you know, because we're very close, that mm. changed our relationship. Yeah. And Jax... Um, like he was the drum major at West Orange High School. Mm-hmm. Um, they won wow. national and state champions. Fellow drum major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They won a national. When he was a junior, they won the national and the state championship. Yeah. West Orange, go whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, senior year, he was this, you know, uh, senior drum major. Um, doing well at uh, NYIT. Lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, has a dorm on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. And is doing great. Uh, works at Starbucks. Um, you know, the family, I've got an 80 uh, plus year old, my mother lives yeah. with us downstairs yeah. um, and she is 300% accepting of Jax. My sister, Rochelle and Dion mm-hmm. who live uh, in town, mm-hmm. they've been accepting my niece and my nephew, Luke and mm-hmm. uh, Marie Elise. Everybody, I was like the last one to the party. Yeah. <laughs> and kids nowadays. And you got there. Uh, but he's doing great. That's such he's great really, news. Well, that's great uh, and we, you know, we told him what we were doing. Is it mm-hmm. okay? Because we're going to show old pictures of you. Yeah. And he was like, fine. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, uh, it's great. So yeah. our, our our dad vice segment could take on a whole oh. a, a whole new avenue <laughs> oh, here. I gotta tell you, <laughs> if you've heard the show, you know we do dad vice to wrap up the interview, mm-hmm. and you know we get a lot of great advice. I don't want to. I don't want to. Go ahead, Randy. So ahead. the idea about dad vice, the chance your dad right. is if you could give advice, dad vice. You know, what would your dad vice be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like you said, you've got you can spend novels. Maybe oh someday we'll sit gosh. down and write a book together. But the idea is, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, my main advice is don't give up your whatever passion you have. Mm-hmm. Keep doing your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, the new generations always. There's always going to be a new generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find the newer generation, their 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 res, uh, resiliency, mm-hmm. uh, sense of resilience, and their mm-hmm. perseverance sometimes is lacking. Mm-hmm. And I think guys our age, we mm-hmm. understand. Stand more the, the mm-hmm. grind little mm-hmm. every day. So don't give up on the passion. All I right. see too many dads give up on their passion right. and mm-hmm. it turns them off. Um, and how about dad advice for the role of being a dad? Oh, man, you, you don't you know a lot, but you don't know it all. Mm-hmm. And and be open to be open. You know, mm-hmm. I think part of our jobs as dads is to give great you know give great advice. Mm-hmm. You know, dad, what do you think? And I try to, you know, I say my point, but I'm always, I always leave it open, you know, be open to new ideas because you'd be amazed at what Mm -hmm. that openness Hmm. will will bring, Um, you know, especially when it comes to your kids. Kids are very different now. They're the really one of the most different generations ever. They're very different. Yeah. Um, And, and they've got a lot to offer. It's just, you have to just Mm -hmm. be open. All right, Roger. Now, what about advice? If you have a child who, you use the word different, and I right. know that that could go a lot of different ways. Right. If you have a child that um, is LGBTQ or you know has some other uh, transformation going on, what, what's your advice to them? You have to put away one of the most pain, and I share this when I, when I speak, you have, you know, I, I, you ha- I had to face my inner or closet homophobia. I had to face that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Uh, I'm very, so I, I'd always get upset at, you know, white people who don't see that they're being racist, mm-hmm. right? The implicit bias. Right? They yeah. don't see it. 
and uh, and I, it's very clear to me and mm-hmm. they just don't see it even the liberals you know and i you know they don't see, you know. Well, they say my best friend's black, you know. Right, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, and that, they used to really get me upset. Well, very, I don't see color. Right, I don't see color. Right, yeah. they used to really get me upset. But I, I said, if, if you say that, you probably see color. Well, of right. course you do. Yeah. That's the whole point. I don't. Yeah. But I, but I sympathize or I empathize with them now because I didn't see my homophobia. Mm. I, I really like. I'm like I worked in fashion for 15 years. I worked around gay people. Homo, you know, yeah. old, I, 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 I was always clothes. accepting. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen transgender people before. It's not like I've never seen transgender people. It's your own child. So you have to put away your um, your bias and love your child. That that's that's the bottom line. You created this person. If you don't love them, mm-hmm. if you help create a human and mm-hmm. you don't love that creation, mm-hmm. how would you yeah. expect anybody else? Yeah. How would you expect them to accept themselves? Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest advice. You have to put away your own bias. However you feel about LBGTQ. I have very, I had very, I thought very open-minded feelings about it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So you have to put that away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the hardest thing because I think when dads do that, they might feel like they're not being authentic to their true selves. Mm-hmm. Because that's how where I was. I'm like, well, that's not really being me. Yeah. Fine. You being you can actually put your child in danger. So you being so maybe you being you is smoking a pack a day in a closed room, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's being you because you don't mind the fumes, but it's killing your child. So you got to decide. That's a great analogy. Smoking yeah. a pack a day in a room this size mm-hmm. with my child because that's me. I'm not gonna not smoke. Mm-hmm. Or you could say I'm not gonna smoke so my child could have it, and that's yeah. and that's how I see it. You get yeah. that. That's that's the only thing you can do because you're not going to understand it, right? And you may not even ever fully accept it, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, you know, I think parents feel like they have to. Gee, you don't have to do it. You have doing. to have all the answers too. Yeah, of right? course, it's yeah. all about love. Wow. Love in your heart, yeah. Roger. I, we we could probably go on for, I for tell you, hours I, I, on this. Hours. I, I don't know about you. I was, <laughs> Listen, I, was I, I was I'm a life coach. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sociology <laughs> professor. Uh, I mean, all this stuff. I mean, I. Um, uh, I, want, I want to invite you. I teach uh, at the Rutgers School of Social Work. Um, I'd love to come. Right? I, I spoke at uh, Rutgers Business School in New Brunswick. Yeah. And uh, so we, we have guest speakers that come in. I think you'd bring a, a tremendous song. But first extend that over here. I love that. Um, what a tremendous guest. I mean, Christine, mm-hmm. uh, everybody you've heard of. Yeah, uh, thanks, Christine. Uh, just just great. Uh, again, you have a, a show coming up in July. July. We think it's the ninth. We'll we think confirm it's the ninth. that. We'll figure right? it out. We'll figure we've it out. A, when we've know. got a, a, a restaurant opening. Uh, brewery. Brewery, 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 yeah, brewery, yeah, brewery. Because right? you can bring in food. Yeah. You can bring in food, yeah. you can order food. Right. Mm-hmm. So a brewery, which is going to be hopefully open sometime at the end of the summer. This summer. All right? This summer, definitely. And you'll summer. let us know. Definitely. And an amazing bad to the dad. Thanks. Roger Apollon was our guest today. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned a lot about yeah. so many different things, and we can't yeah. thank you enough for spending... A good part of your Sunday. We record on Sundays. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, with was, us. Yeah, literally rolled out of bed. Thank you, bro. We're going to have to have Roger back yeah. on, but we are yeah. Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We're on social media, Instagram, it's at Bad to the Dad. And uh, I got to tell you, Roger just left. He just but, left. Um, wow. His, his presence is lingering. His story about Powerful. Amelia to Jax. Powerful. Um, it, it's, it's hovering with us. It is. It really is. And it's... I got to tell you, I, and I meant what I said. I was fixed when yeah. he was talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, and I totally get it. As mm-hmm. a parent, mm-hmm. whenever your kid does something, mm-hmm. it always boomerangs back to you. Mm-hmm. And it could be something petty, like, why isn't my kid paying attention? Yes. What did I what do did wrong? What did I do? Absolutely. Why is, it, is it because, is it my attention span that's yeah. making him be less attentive or her being less attentive? And when you're Roger, a situation mm-hmm. like this, was it something about me? Was it something about my body chemistry? Was it everything? You, you, something you about up to it? It has to be my fault. Yeah. It has to be my fault. And... That's it. Made it very. It's nothing that we've done. We've come from love. We've done everything we can. But I I'm still, I'm still. It is resonating with me. His story, his heart, wow. his love. Uh, he's very passionate. I mean, those on that, that weren't here that couldn't see it. Whether he was talking about his brewery, his music, 
his journey, his role as a parent. I yeah. mean, he was animated. He was he was packed. everything he does. Incredible and, energy, and and it was all good stuff. I oh. learned about music. I learned about the brewing. And I learned a heap about something that I think is still stigmatized. Now I'll say this, Randy. Well, it's not, it's, it is stigmatized. Well, I will say I'll say this. More accepted. Yeah. It's never going to be easy to be a parent of a transgender kid. It's never easy being a parent in general. Period. Period. Let me roll with this. Yeah, though. I'm with you. Okay. It's never easy being the parent of a transgender kid, but I think that there is more information and community mm-hmm. now than yeah. there's ever been mm-hmm. about. These kinds of transformations. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he goes to these conferences, yeah. and there's so many people like Rogers, and he's we're just to, trying to figure yeah. it out. And he's still willing to be open about his own personal journeys and challenges he faced. Yeah, that here's someone who is open about the fact that I've always been accepting. I've mm-hmm. always been because that's my personality until I realized my own happens kid. in my own house. And then he's like, "Wow!" And I love the story about the woman who was Asian in in that room with dads mm-hmm. and said, "You have a choice." Yeah, right. Either you love your 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 son, or you'll be seeing your. You want an alive kid or a dead kid? A dead That's kid. what it all comes down to. Uh, and then boom. Wow, I, <laughs> I'm still that. We're, we're, we're at the point like, what do you say after that? Well, here's what we're gonna say. We're gonna thank Roger. Roger, and of thank course, you. we gave him a, a keychain. That's the least we could do for him, <laughs> sharing his story with us. Next week. We've got another great show. Now, it's Memorial Day yes. weekend, so yes. so we're both away. Yes. And uh, I had the great privilege of going out to Cleveland, where uh-huh. my organization mm-hmm. has an office. Mm-hmm. And I met a fellow by the name of Gary Mahoney. Gary Mahoney. Gary Mahoney is a male nurse. Okay. Now, I know what you're thinking. What am I thinking? You're thinking Ben Stiller in Meet uh, the Parents, <laughs> Gaylord Fokker. Gaylord Fokker, So yes. save your Gaylord Fokker jokes for, <laughs> for the next episode. Gary is terrific. He is a single dad, a widowed dad. Oh, wow. Raising two uh, preteen and, and teenage girls, respectively. Mm-hmm. And he does a marvelous job. Beginning of next week's show, we'll talk a little bit about... The, the genesis of the interview, how, how it happened. It just so happened he was in an orientation that I was You're helping to deliver. Yeah. And he was talking a little bit about his background. I'm like, boy, i got to get this guy on Bad to the Dad. And you did. You got him. I didn't know he was widowed at the time. We find out during the interview. Oh, wow. So it, it takes a whole different Turn. pivot yeah. during the interview. But you know what? We'll, we'll focus on that next week. In the meantime, uh, thank you, Roger. Randy, another great week, another great show. Unbelievable. I'm still, uh, I love this. I love yeah. da- I love Bad to the Dead. I When we started this, it was an idea. I thought we'd meet some dads. I have transformed myself, A, as a, as a parent. Yeah. It has helped me. Two, I think the information we provide to other dads is you just don't know. Just because what you see on the outside, you have no idea of people's, what they're dealing with, and that dads need to be together. And... I also got a sense is that his wife, right, mm-hmm. was very influential in helping him become who he was. Well, they usually as are. a dad. They usually yeah. are. Well, he's got a great story. Yeah. Every dad has a story. And thank you, dads, for listening to our story. Have a great week. We're bad to the dad.